RadioInfluence.com. Author, filmmaker Trevor Loudon returns to raise the curtain and expose members of Congress who have Marxist and Islamic backgrounds and also their anti-American activities on this episode of United Patriots Uprising with Gary Benford. I'm your host, Gary Benford. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is available at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. You want to know who the bad guys are, right? Well, get ready, because Trevor is about to turn up the heat, pulling no punches and revealing far too many who were paying to work in the best interests of we the people, but have sold us out. So let's get into it. My guest is someone I always look forward to conversing with over the airwaves and in person. Why, you ask? Because he's guaranteed to turn me on to a bevy of information I'm not aware of that is certain to tick me off. Hey, thanks, Trevor. He's an author, filmmaker, public speaker, and definitely among our enemies' worst nightmares, having for more than 30 years researched radical leftists, Marxist communists and terrorist movements, as well as their covert influence on mainstream politics. I'll let him fill you in on his most recent explosive tell-all books. I'll just say what you're about to hear is the real deal from an impeccable source in the know, without filters. I welcome back to the show for around the sixth time, Mr. Trevor Loudon. How are you, Trevor? Hi. Hi, Gary. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. And thanks for coming back. You know, Trevor, as I as I do believe, you know, I truly appreciate you coming back to appear on my show every time I've asked you now this. I also believe this is what listeners are dying to know. You've written two books, each naming 30 currently serving United States senators, as well as the first of six books on on House members revealing 13 subversive congressmen. This is talking about their ties to Islamic or communist or Marxist sources. Yep. Why aren't you the most asked for guest on conservative cable news outlets? Shouldn't you be so much in demand that I need to go through one of your kids or publishers just hoping to get a return call, much less another interview? Well, you would hope so, wouldn't you? But. Look, there, there is um, there's a conservative industry out there and there's a conservative movement. And a lot of the industry doesn't want to get too controversial, you know, or, or, or go out onto to left field, so to speak. But, you know, I get plenty of, uh, I get plenty of coverage on, on TV shows, radio shows, blogs, etc. I, I get, I get no shortage of publicity, but you know, the, the real, the people who really should be covering this, like the Fox News and Newsmax, et cetera, don't really want to go out there calling Congress members communists or traitors because they rely on these people for interviews and special access. And they, you know, they play golf with these people. So there's a certain level that you get to where you're not supposed to be touched. You know, they, these groups will talk about the low-level radicals and they, they might talk about AOC or they might talk about 
uh, Ilan Omar or Adam Schiff, but they won't talk about, you know, Biden's cabinet men- members. They won't talk about, you know, Nancy Pelosi's communist background or Chuck Schumer's or any of these people, you know, there are there's a certain levels, sort of like George Soros, that you're not allowed to touch. And I touch those people. So therefore, there are certain uh, media outlets that don't really want to have me on. Okay. Now, I understand why they may not want to talk to the uh, so-called Republicans, uh, conservative, even the Republican establishment people. But what is their issue with not exposing the uh, communist Marxist Islamic ties to Democrats? Or are you telling me they play golf with them, too? Or is it they're afraid if they talk to one than the other? They're afraid if they go after one, they'd be forced to go after the other? Yeah, well, there's a whole nest of worms. And, And when you get into Congress and the Senate, they all have dirt on each other. And so, you know, if, uh, if you expose my ties to the Communist Party, I might expose your shady real estate deal. You know, there are certain things you're not supposed to say, certain things that are sort of, you know, off, off limits. And communism in the Congress is pretty much off limits. You know, you're not supposed to talk about these people and, and uh, impugn their loyalty. You know, we had, you know, um, one or two congressmen dared to come after Judy Chu not long ago. And, um, you know, that was shot down. You know, oh, no, you cannot impugn the loyalty of a serving congressman. But even though Judy Chu has an extensive background with the Communist Workers' Party, though she is deeply involved in several Chinese Communist Party fronts, though she basically runs the Chinese community in Southern California on behalf of the CCP and does everything she can to undermine America's national security. You're not allowed to say that. That's, that's, that's just not okay. You know, um, it's it's just unfortunate, but that, that is the way it is. You can talk about things to a certain level and Trump, Trump sort of broke a few of those rules but generally speaking, the mainstream media or even Fox News or even Newsmax won't go there. Uh, I'm, you, you, you laid that out about as well as it could, could be laid out, which raises the obvious pink elephant in the room question. Um, and I'm not asking this rhetorically because and I'm not trying to group everybody together because everybody has their own reasons why they do this. But. Don't they understand by doing this, they are giving cover to Marxist, communist, Islamic, either people who are down for that struggle or sympathizers or or bought, bribed, paid for by them in some way, shape or form, which is going to lead to exactly what we're seeing in the House and the Senate. Don't they realize by not exposing them and allowing them to do this, you're becoming part of the problem instead of part of the solution. Well, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. But, you know, they, they, they have careers, they have families to protect. They don't want Antifa burning their house down. They don't want Black Lives Matter attacking their children. So they, 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 are, they are restrained. They don't want the media calling them McCarthyists. You know, when Alan West, look, when... Um, 
Michelle Bachman dared to talk about the Muslim Brotherhood a few years back. She was shot down and basically kicked out of the Congress by Republicans. You know, when uh, Alan West talked about a hundred members of the house who had ties to the communist party, he was just ridiculed all over the country. His own party members turned their backs on him and he was ended up being a one term member of Congress. There is a price to pay. These people are intimidated. You know, you're not allowed to call someone a communist, even if they have a hammer and sickle tattooed on their forehead. There are certain, you know, it's like, uh, you know, misbehaving in church. It's just something you don't do. And so, you know, you know, but, but as things get more critical, we've started to make a little bit of progress, you know, um, Kevin McCarthy threw three members of Congress off committees. He threw Adam Schiff and, uh, and Eric Swalwell off the intelligence committees. And he threw Ilan Omar off the Foreign Affairs Committee. You know, Eric Swalwell had a, had a long publicized affair with a known Chinese spy, but it still looked, took three or four years to get him off the Intelligence Committee. So this is what you're battling with. The Democrats protect their own, and the Republicans, are ve- or especially the leadership, are very loath to go after these people. So if you're a communist congressman, you're part of a protected class. You know, look, Barbara Lee, who's been to Cuba 22 times and is extensively involved with the Communist Party for decades, is allowed to, you know, serve on the, uh, serve on all sorts of powerful committees. You know, Dianne Feinstein, who is well-known um, target of Chinese intelligence has worked for the Chinese Communist Party for decades, was allowed to serve on the Senate as the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee for many, many years. Even when it was revealed that she had, she had a Chinese spy working in her office. Right, right. She, she said, oh, he was just my just my driver. Driver, he was right. Her, he was her office manager. He was her most highly paid staff member. He was getting Defense Department documents across his desk. And he wasn't punished, and neither was she. Hey, hey Trevor, so, I just so, want to interrupt, Trevor, I just want to interrupt you one second here because – this this is amazing to me because when you watch TV spy shows or crime shows or something, it's always the butler or the driver. He's always the yeah, mastermind. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Hey, continue. Yeah. yeah, but but this is look when when three Pakistani brothers were found to be controlling the servers of forty Democrat Congress members for ten years. Um, people on the intelligence committee, House, you know, House uh, Foreign Affairs Committee, um, Armed Services Committee, and these brothers were, were suspected of having links to Pakistani intelligence. They were allowed to leave the country, and nobody got punished. After there were repeated red flags raised about these guys, and Debbie Wasserman Schultz protected them, covered her own backside. And nobody got punished. So, you know, there, there are, people got to understand there's no background checks or security checks in Congress at all. 
Nobody applies the Foreign Agents Registration Act to these people. They're doing dirty work deals with the Iranians and the Chinese and the Cubans all the time, even the North Koreans. But nobody is allowed to call us out. That's why I wrote my, I've written my books, you know, Security Risk Senators. I profile 30 currently serving U.S. senators and their ties to communism, Islamism, and globalism. And then my next series, which I've just started, um, part six books, is going to profile over 100 currently serving U.S. Congress members with deep ties to the communist movement and other enemies of America. It's going to put it on the public record so that nobody can ever say they didn't know in the future. Amen to that. So let me describe your two senatorial books. Book number one, people, which is out, is called Security Risk Senators Part One. It deals with senators from the states of Arizona up through alphabetically Massachusetts. On the cover is a man in a suit facing an American flag, taking an oath with his right hand raised, but the fingers on his left hand are clearly crossed behind his back. Security Risk Senators Part 2 covers states of Michigan through Virginia. The cover has a woman facing an American flag, taking an oath with her left hand raised while holding a small communist flag in her right hand behind her back. In each book, you unveil 30 senators. No, it's 15 in each one. 15 oh, 15 in each, each one. one. Okay, 30 totally yeah. who have ties. Tell us how serious is this? When you say ties, does it mean your next your next door neighbor is a communist, or you play baseball with somebody who may be a terrorist? <laughs> uh, hunker down and tell us about the covers. How you came up with the covers, and tell us about the risk and what these people are really involved in. Could it just be that some of them are being bribed by Marxists or they have stuff on them? So uh, you got to do this for us. Or are some of these people like Obama, which we're going to talk about later, steeped into this for, you know, with the backgrounds of Frank Marshall Davis, the Saul Alinsky community organizing. Does it go real, real deep down with a lot of these people? Well, many of them, it goes deep down. Like, you know, um, Dick Durbin from Chicago started his political career with the communist-controlled Packing House Workers' Union, and he's worked for the communists ever since. He's working with pro-North Korean communists now, so he knows what he's doing. Absolutely he does. On the other side of the spectrum, you'd have someone like Mark Kelly, the senator from Arizona, who I wouldn't call a communist, but he's made a lot of money dealing with the Chinese and promoting their products, even marketed Chinese products from outer space when he was an astronaut. He's got extensive ties to Tencent and Alibaba. He met his wife, Gabby Gifford, not in America. He met her in communist China at a, at a big conference organized by the Chinese Communist Party's Foreign Influence Department and uh, the United Front Work Department. And he went back to that conference several times. Um, he's also got deep ties to an Iranian operation working out of Phoenix. You know, this is an operation trying to reinstate the Iran nuclear deal. And, and uh, they have 
had a lot of influence on Mark Lee so that now he is in support, uh, uh, not Mark, yeah, yeah, Mark Lee, so he's now in support of that deal. For instance, the Iran, look, this is what I'll say. The communist infiltration by money or ideology has given us the Iran nuclear deal, wide open southern borders, the destruction of our energy industry, the um, corruption of our education system, the gutting of our US military, like 40 of the current Democratic senators were endorsed and supported by a group called the Council for a Livable World, which was set up by a known Soviet spy uh, to, to, to basically elect senators who would vote to destroy the US military. 40 of the current senators were elected by that organization, which is why um, Biden, who was one of their, their very first recruits, has been busily um, destroying the US military in front of our eyes, driving out good officers with his COVID mandates. Obama purged more than 200 generals you know, and admirals, good, good, good guys, you know, and uh, Obama was another recruit to, from, from the Council for a Livable World. So this is having real implications for our national security, for our border control, for our education system, for our energy self-sufficiency, all of these things. You know, Biden... Uh, appointed his Secretary of the Interior, Deb Haaland, who is um, a Marxist. She was put in place by a member of the Communist Party USA, Judith LeBlanc, who supports both Communist China and Putin's Russia. And Deb Haaland has worked to shut down every energy lease on public land she possibly can in the country. Right when America needs energy more than ever, she is working in the opposite direction because she was put in place by Biden, who was put in place by a, a Soviet operation, and by Judith LeBlanc, a top communist who works for China and Russia. And now this woman, Judith Le, uh, Deb Haaland, is basically making um, driving energy prices through the roof, which is helping Vladimir Putin, helping China, and wrecking the U.S. economy. But other than that, everything's fine. I hear you. I, I want to talk to you, ask you about three people in particular. One is personal. One everybody should know. And the other one, as I've heard you say before, comes as a surprise to people because for some reason people don't want to see this woman for what she is. The first one I need to ask you about because I still am stuck up here in New York and can't get away to a place, you know, uh, where, where it'd be more sane would be uh, Chuck Schumer. So, uh, yeah. you know, uh, affectionately called Chucky Schmucky by, uh, I think, Mark Levin. But uh, this man has been a walking disaster. And what can you tell us about Chuck Schumer? Yeah, he's a very big supporter of the Iranian-American Political Action Committee, IAPAC. He was very heavily involved in the founding of that organization, worked very closely with them. And that organization has been one of the main lobby groups for the Iran nuclear deal. Now, Chuck Schumer got permission not to vote for it because 
you know, because he lives in heavily Jewish New York and he's Jewish himself, but he has supported it covertly through the Iranian Political Action Committee, Iranian-American Political Action Committee. He's also heavily involved with America, Asian Americans for Equality. That's a big community organizing group in New York, which is basically a front for the Chinese Communist Party, set up by the Communist Workers Party originally, and he has funneled millions of dollars into that organization. So he, he's got deep socialist ties. He's also got ties to the Irish Republican Army, the the, uh, the Irish terrorist group. So whichever way you look, um, Chuck Schumer is very, very problematic. He wouldn't be able to pass a background check to drive a school bus in any county in New York, let alone serve as senator. I hear you. Now, the one that everybody should know would be Raphael Warnock. Uh, so, but just throw a few words out about him since he became such a public figure. Your yeah, Raphael Warnock is, is a liberation theology Marxist. He is a full on Marxist. You know, he was uh, mentored by James Cone, the father of black liberation theology and Reverend, um, uh, Grubs, uh, no, Reverend uh, Calvin Butts, Pubs, Butts, Butts, Butts right, yeah, Butts. of the Ebenezer Baptist Church up in here Harlem. in New York, right? Yeah, 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 and both of them are hardcore Marxists. You know, look, Butts when he was a young man um, went on a rampage when when Martin Luther King was killed. Went on a rampage in Atlanta with firebombs, burning down churches and businesses and beating up white people in their cars. And he was the mentor to, to Warnock. Um, Butts brought Fidel Castro to his church, I think twice, when, when Warnock was a young man. But Warnock, um, you know, there's a picture in the book of Warnock with some of his church, church friends, and he calls them my church comrades. What Christian do you know calls the people who go to his church his comrades? But but anyway, he he has got he is heavily involved with Democratic Socialists of America in uh, in, in in Georgia. They got him elected. He's involved with Acorn, um, involved with other Marxist groups, heavily involved with Stacey Abrams' uh, big vote fraud group fraud operation down there. And he's still involved with people like um, Otis Hendricks and others, well-known Marxists. And one of the first things he did when he got into office was help to get um, a young man. I've just forgotten the guy's name, actually, but he's now the head of the EPA in the entire U.S. Southeast. And, um, yeah, young black man, uh, Ken Bla- uh, Blackman, somebody Blackman, mm-hmm. Don Blackman, I think his name is, but he is a card-carrying member of Democratic Socialists of America. He's a Marxist, but but uh, Warnock helped to get him in to prevail, helped to prov- him and the other senator Ossoff, who's also a Marxist, prevailed on Joe Biden to appoint uh, Dan- Daniel Blackman to head of the EPA for the entire U.S. Southwest. Southeast, knowing he's a card-carrying Marxist. Yeah, but and speaking of, of Warnock, the day before that runoff Senate election in Georgia, I, I had Herschel Walker on as a guest. 
Did Herschel Walker, did he actually beat Herschel Walker? Or was that, do you think that election was <clears throat> the, 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 the word we're not supposed to use, but I'm going to use it anyway, stolen? Look, look I, I think Herschel Walker made a few mistakes. He had a very weak team around him, and the Republicans didn't back him very well at all. But I still think he did beat Warnock. But, you know, Warnock was part of Stacey, the Stacey Abrams machine. And uh, it was him. The, 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 the people who started the machine was Warnock, Stacey Abrams, and the former head of Acorn New York. So... We know that Acorn has a terrible record of vote fraud, and this was the uh, organization that basically helped to get Warnock elected. So I, I think it's fair to say that uh, in an honest election that, that uh, uh, Herschel Walker would be the senator today. I hear you. Now, the last name I'll bring up, and for some reason, people just don't want to see this woman for what she is, no, and that's Kirsten Kirsten yeah, Sinema. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, look, Mitch McConnell's best friends, you know, she's the uh, she's a Democrat I can work with, you know, Mitch McConnell who loves China like a chocolate, you know, that one. But anyway, um, <laughs> Kirsten Sinema is the moderate. She's, the, she's no longer a Democrat. She's an independent. And Ruben Gallego, with the help of the Communist Party, is going to probably take her place in the Senate. But he's deeply connected to the Communists. But um, yeah, she, she look, she herself, you know, back in the two, early 2000s, the Communist Party in Arizona, which is very strong, people don't realize this, they put out their May Day publication every year. They have a big celebration on May Day and they they put ads in the People's World and all the communists would pay money to put their name in. And only communists would put their name in this publication. And she put her name in there twice, 2002, 2003. She worked with the Communist Party all through that time. She had a Communist Party member on her staff in 2012 or 2014 it was, and she also, the communists campaigned for her in 2018. But things have soured a little bit, I think, between her and the Communist Party, but she is deeply in bed with the communist movement. Mm -hmm. She's very close friends to this day with Regina Romero, the mayor of Tucson, Arizona, who in turn is deeply in bed with the Communist Party. She's even talked at the Communist Party training school, the salt of the, the earth labor college in Tucson, Arizona. So although there's clearly some strains between Kirsten and the Communist movement, she is still deeply, deeply connected to it. She always has been. And what was the first thing she did when she went independent? She worked with Tom Tillis, the very weak Republican senator from North Carolina, to pursue DACA amnesty, which has always been a communist program. But she thinks she can get it through, this communist program through, because she's less obviously connected to the left. But you've got a lot of Arizona people say, oh, Kirsten, she's an independent. 
you know, she's not like the other Democrats. She still votes with the Democrats almost all of the time. It's just a few issues that she doesn't. But I believe it was just really, um, she was doing the Hillary Clinton road, hardcore leftists. Uh, who wants to appeal to a more moderate electorate. And, and Arizona is not exactly a hardcore left-wing state. So she had to moderate her image. But that has annoyed some of her more traditional communist base. And now they're going to run Ruben Gallego against her. So this is going to be a race of, of an independent communist and a democratic communist. I hear you. Uh, you know, People, I can hear some people going, utter, uttering uh, that infamous line that Hillary Clinton said. What difference does it make? Well, people, I'll tell you, I'll tell you that what difference does it make? The difference it makes is that one of the things you point out, because of these people's connections with communists and Islamists, we're stuck with the Democratic Party defunding of our military, Medicare for all, as you already mentioned, the Iran nuclear deal, normalization yep. of relations with Cuba, the Islamic refugee resettlement, $15 minimum wage, fracking bans, pipeline shutdowns, open border policies. What the reason yeah. it matters, people, is because they're voting for things and putting forth agendas that are anti-American, that are leading to either pushing us into a globalist direction or making us unsafe as a nation, right? Hey, look, 100%, these people are enemies within. And, you know, the framers of the Constitution, well, anybody who's taken a military oath knows that their, their oath is to defend the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic and which are more dangerous you know what would you rather have a thousand soldiers attacking your you know a million soldiers attacking your country or 10 traitors in your cabinet right which because, is gonna be which yeah. is more dangerous always every every great nation fell from within it's it's yeah you, you, you don't even you don't even know who the enemy is well that's right if america falls it will be because of these traitors inside these yeah. are these people are the reason our borders are wide open, which is having a, a horrible impact on this country. They are the reason we're no longer energy independent. They are the reason our military is being degraded while Russia and China are getting ready for World War Three. You know, they are the reason that our kids are being indoctrinated in schools. They're the reason that your grandchild might turn up to uh, thanks. Your grandson might turn up to Thanksgiving wearing a dress. They are the reason these things are happening because they're either allowing it or encouraging it or using your taxpayers' dollars to fund it. They are revolutionaries within the gate, and they're in a protected position. Because you think about this, you say, well, surely the FBI would go after these people. Well, we know what the FBI is like now. But say, even if the FBI was led by, by decent people, even if it was, well, you think about this. The FBI is controlled by the Judiciary Committee in the U.S. Congress. The last Democrat head of the Judiciary Committee, John Conyers, was a longtime Communist Party supporter. Mm -hmm and a Democratic Socialist of America member. But his, his follower, the guy who succeeded him, was Jerry Nadler of New York, the also Dallas. a Democratic Socialist of America member. 
on that committee was Judy Chu from California, deep ties to the Communist Workers' Party. So you imagine, the FBI thinks, we better sort this out because we've got 100 members of Congress and 40 members of the U.S. Senate working for the other side. They're destroying the country. We better do something. Let's go to the Judiciary Committee. Let's talk to Mrs. Chu and Mr. (laughs) Nadler. Mrs. Chu, Mr. Nadler, we need to investigate at least 100 of your Democratic colleagues for working against this country. Do you mind? And by the way, Mrs. By the way, Mr. Nadler, you're both on the list. Is that all right? What do you you think is going to happen to their budget next year? Mm. Do you think the FBI is stupid enough to bite the hand that feeds it? Really? They'll defy the Republicans. They will not defy the Democrats. Wow. Trevor, I first saw you in 2010 in filmmaker Curtis Bauer's documentary, Agenda Grinding America Down. There, there have been many patriotic people like yourself who for years have been warning us, shouting from the rooftops about what has now become this uber serious threat to our freedom and liberty as we know it. So, Trevor, how the heck did this happen? How have they pulled this off? Well, ba- basically, this is a hundred year process. You know, the Soviets... In the dawn of the communist era, the, the Soviets understood the United States was the number one impediment to world communism. But they understood they could never take America from the outside. But because America was a free and open society, they could easily infiltrate. They could infiltrate the churches and the Congress and, and, and the media colleges, the journalism schools, Hollywood. And they did that very, State Department, but, you know, very, very successfully. And that was never, ever cleaned out. And then the Chinese came along. And they they had not they had a big advantage that the Soviets didn't have. They had buckets of money. Money, right? So, where, so whereas the Soviets could really only get communists to go into the government, they had they had to rely on ideology. The Chinese can get you through ideology. You know, many of the congressmen support China. They are communists, but they can also get the conservatives and the moderates through money. So the Republicans, they get through money and compromise. The Democrats, they get through money and ideology. And so that's gone on steroids. You know, the, the generation running America today is the generation who marched for the Viet Cong during the 1970s, who supported Fidel Castro in college and the Nicaraguan Sandinistas. They were revolutionaries in the 60s and 70s and 80s. And then they went into the unions. They went into the Democratic Party. They went into Hollywood and big business. And they want their revolution before they die. And so they are now working with the Chinese and other enemies of America to bring America to its knees, to implement a socialist dictatorship in this country in the next few years. And all they have to do is win one more time with the Democrats, and the Democrats are going to legalize 40 million illegal immigrants in this country and give them citizenship and voting rights, and that's game over. 
And you can almost see it coming because I think today Minnesota voted to or some, something happened in Minnesota to allow all illegal, uh, illegal immigrants and illegal aliens to get free college education. You know, yeah, and driver's licenses, all the IDs, everything. Right. You can well, see I, this I just coming. Well, I just did a show on, um, on Epoch TV, how Minnesota went communist. And I give a hundred year history of how Minnesota was taken over by the communists right through from the thirties, the fifties, seventies, right back to the, the early 1900s. And I, I give a complete hist- history of it. And now Minnesota is one of the most communist states in America, right up there. And they're pushing through everything. You talk to Republican legislatures in Minnesota, they will tell you this is communism. We can't do a damn thing about it. They have the governorship. They have the lieutenant governorship. They have the attorney generalship. They have both houses. They We can't do a thing. Minnesota is going full on communist now. And so um, this is what's happening to America on a wider scale. And it's already happened in Minnesota to a large degree in Michigan, certainly in California. And, um, you know, they, they are, and now they're attacking the South. They want to flip Georgia, which they've almost done. Uh, they've almost flipped uh, Arizona. And um, they need to take – if they can get North Carolina and a couple more southern states, that's it. They have, a, they have a permanent lock on this country. And then we will see the real communism. Because right now it's just communism light. Because they yeah. still they still got to take a few more states. They still can't scare the people too much. When those last states fall, then we will have full-on tyranny in this country like Cuba. Wow. Now, people, I, I, I will say this. I, I joke around with Trevor every time before he comes on. And I say uh, I sent him an email to let him know I have removed all sharp objects from from my house <laughs> just to make sure that I, I make it through the show uh, and they don't come up here and just find me in a pool of blood. Uh, people, believe me, we're going to we're going to tr- we're going to get to some solutions. So hang, hang on. Hold out just a little while longer. We will get sure. to solutions. All is not lost because there is a God. Now, here's uh, a question that I always, people always say, why are you always talking about Barack Obama? He's no longer president. I'll tell you why. Yes, he is. Uh, Your thoughts on the perception that Obama and Soros are calling the shots. And in regard to that, oh, how differently things might have been if you had been allowed to shine a glaring national spotlight on the hidden long relationship on the long hidden relationship between a young Obama and his mentor in Hawaii, Frank Marshall Davis. How might this country have been different if people had taken you seriously about that relationship? Well, see, that's it. Obama was the tipping point because the communists have been infiltrating for years, but Obama put that on steroids. He brought the activist community. It wasn't just Frank Marshall Davis. He hung around with communists his entire career. You know, the communists got him elected to the U.S. Senate in Illinois. The communists um, helped him to win the nomination against Hillary Clinton. His whole career was shaped by communists. And when he got in, he appointed literally thousands of communists to the federal bureaucracy. And now they have weaponized that bureaucracy against the United States. Nothing else makes sense. 
Why is the Justice Department completely on the side of the left now? The FBI, the CIA, all of the departments are pushing left-wing agendas. Department of Energy, Department of Labor, Department of Agriculture, they're all controlled by the left. And Obama did that. Obama finished, uh, he really culminated a long-term process. But I, I say now, the country is really run by Susan Rice and Valerie Jarrett and Barack Obama and Xi Jinping. You know, I think George Soros is really on the second tier. Xi Jinping has more power in this country than George Soros does. Wow. You know, by, by far. Rice you know, look, and, um, what do Rice and Jarrett know? I mean, well, they know how to be Marxists, I guess. Well, the, the, you know, Jarrett came, look, this is interesting. Jarrett's family are all communists. And they, many of her family, used to work with Frank Marshall Davis in Chicago in the 30s. David Axelrod, the man who got Obama elected twice, his family were communists. His friends also used to work with with Frank Marshall Davis in the 1930s. So when Obama came to Chicago, he had Valerie uh, Valerie Jarrett and, uh, and, and Axelrod and the Communist Party all waiting for him. They had, they, he had a, a machine to step into and they had been, you know, they'd been watching this guy since, since birth, you know, Frank Marshall Davis was no doubt in contact with them and, and, uh, keeping them apprised of things. And there's no accident that Barack Obama went to Chicago because that's where his spiritual communist roots were. You know, he'd never been born. He wasn't born there, but but that's where his people were, and that's where he went, and that's where he launched his career. But, you know, Ratcliffe, Trump's intelligence advisor, said three years ago, he said, look, the Chinese Communist Party now controls so many American congressmen, they can determine which legislation passes the U.S. Congress and which doesn't. That's how deep the penetration is. Wow. You know... <laughs> I knew you'd do this. I, I you know, I, I, I knew you'd do this. I knew you would give people so much truth. And by the way, people, uh, Trevor has written a lot of books and he's got a lot of films that he can tell us about. But notice something. Nobody ever refutes his claims. I never see disclaimers. Uh, Trevor Loudon is wrong about this or Trevor Loudon is wrong about that. So how do you get your information is why is it you have it and very few other people do? If you could find this, others could find this, right? Well, because I look for it, you know, look, others could do it. But but uh, look, I had some help, you know, in New Zealand. I, I uh, worked with a, a guy who'd, who'd been a, a, a New Zealand government spy inside the communist movement in New Zealand. Um, this guy trained in Moscow in a school with three and a half thousand students under Soviet tutors. And he told me really how to, how to hunt communists, how to find where they are, how to find their nests, how, how they work. And so that knowledge was a great benefit to me when I came to to track Obama's Marxist ties. You know, it was me who discovered the ties between Obama and Frank Marshall Davis. Please tell people about that. 
please tell people about that again, because it's so important for people to under know where this understand where uh, a guy that was president of the United States twice cut his teeth. Yeah, well, look, look, Obama was a young black kid in Hawaii and there weren't a lot of black role models at the time. And and uh, his parents, his grandparents, really, and his mother introduced him to their friend, Frank Marshall Davis, a black poet who lived in uh, lived in Honolulu. And he became Obama's mentor from about the age of 10 or 11 up to the age of 18. And Frank Marshall Davis was a card-carrying communist. He was on the the government security index. He was regarded as so dangerous that had war broken out with the Soviet Union, he would have been arrested the same day. But he was allowed to mentor this young young Barack Obama for 10 years and sent him on his way to, to California, then Chicago, no doubt with letters of introduction. And um, Obama talked about him in his book, Dream from My Fathers. He talked about Frank, this man who he knew and um, took advice from and visited on a regular basis. But it was me who made the connection that Frank was actually Frank Marshall Davis. And that has been confirmed. That's been confirmed by many sources, including by the Communist Party itself. But this was the connection. He talked about Frank, but he didn't give the full name. You know, because because uh, he he would have Obama would have known that if he named him as Frank Marshall Davis, somebody would have thought, ah, you mean the communist Frank Marshall Davis? So Obama was deliberately evasive. You know, it's like like Obama, you know, with with um, William Ears, Bill Ears, the weather underground terrorist, you know. When the connection between those two was discovered, Obama said, oh, he was just a guy in the neighborhood. Well, there's a great book out there, uh, Obama Rising Star, um, written, written by uh, the guy who wrote the biography in Martin Luther King, and his name just escapes me at the moment. It's over a thousand pages. And he talks about how that uh, the Obamas had dinner at the Ears family six, five or six nights a week for nearly a decade. They were just the bestest friends you've ever, ever had. The Bill Ears kept Michelle, would talk Michelle Obama down off the ledge whenever she talked about <laughs> leaving, leaving Barack because he needed the, the family together to, to propel Barack Obama into the presidency. You know, so look, Obama was a made candidate, 100%. And, um, but these connections you have to find. But because I know how the communist movement works, as soon as I found that connection to Frank Marshall Davis, I did a deep dive. I found Obama's deep ties to Democratic Socialists of America, multiple Communist Party members all through his career. He appointed them. He used them. He, uh, you know, he made a, a Marxist, Ron Bloom, his car czar. He, he, uh, when he did a documentary after leaving the presidency, he did a documentary with Julia Reichardt, a member of Democratic Socialists of America. Of all the documentary filmmakers he would work with, he works with a Marxist. You know, but this has been his pattern his entire career. Wow. Trevor, this has been 
you know, I just amazed talking to you. Not only people here, but Trevor and I have been at Rock the Red and in Greenville, South Carolina, the conservative convention three years. And I just sit there and listen to amazement with all all this, all this. <laughs> it's really garbage as it applies to uh uh, what it's really worth as far as its value, but it's so dangerous to America that uh, I just sit and listen in awe. So now please talk us down from the ledge because uh, they, they've made so much movement as everybody that listens to this show knows this has been going on for a hundred years. You're dealing with Karl Marx, you're dealing with uh, Marxism, you're dealing with Antonio Gramsci's <laughs> cultural Marxism, you're dealing with Saul Alinsky's uh, rules for radicals, and you're dealing with community organizing and acorns drawn out of that, and you're dealing with uh, them having gotten so many people in so many places and taking over Hollywood, you know, the schools, evangelical church. They're everywhere, but all is not lost yet. Right, Trevor? How do we flip yeah. the script and stop this before it's too late? Okay. Good. Very good question, Gary. And I'm sure everybody, and everybody's heard doom and gloom before, but I ask people, go, go to trevorloudon.com, my name.com. You get house on America. You get, uh, Security Risks in it is parts one and part two there and House Un-Americans part one and you can get my documentary Enemies Within the Church and Enemies Within. Just just trevorloudon.com. But I offer many solutions, but here's one that I put in the back of um, Security Risks in it is. This is one thing the next conservative president could do to totally clean this out. Now, the model is the purple gang in the 1930s, the mafia gang that would mm. terrorized America. Now, Thomas Dewey, the prosecutor from New York, was set about, well, his job was to take down the purple gang, but nobody would testify against them because they would murder you. And they had so many cops on their payroll, they were virtually untouchable. So what he did, he interviewed 1,200 men and formed a little group. He interviewed 1,200 people. He vetted and vetted and vetted them till he got a little group to go after Murder, Inc. Totally vetted, trusted people, like an untouchables, you know? Mm -hmm. And then he started offering amnesty to people who would inform on Murder, Inc. and witness protection. And in two years, he had turned so many of their people, he'd sent several to the electric chair and murder ink was destroyed. Now, this is how you do it. The next president of the United States would have to form a new intelligence agency. You'd have to interview 10,000 people to get, to get 500. And he'd start this new intelligence agency totally vetted. No contamination from the Obama era or the Clinton era or the or the uh, Biden era. New guys, special forces guys, maybe a few old hands from before Obama, CIA, FBI, a new intelligence agency to go specifically after foreign influence in the country. So you set it up. And then the president would offer a three-month amnesty for all foreign agents and traitors working in the United States. You have three months to leave the country permanently or come forward to the new organization and spill your guts. Tell us every single thing you know, 
who you work with, who you're paying off, who's paying you, who, who, which countries you're working for, what you've betrayed, everything. If you do that and testify in court, you'll get witness protection or immunity from prosecution. You will not go to jail. If at the end of three months you don't come forward, we'll have all this evidence to come after you and we're going to take you down and you'll go to Leavenworth for 30 years. You would see tens of thousands of foreign agents leave the country. You would see Wall Street guys leave their jobs. You would see senators and congress members stand down for family reasons. You'd see academics and scientists and Hollywood moguls standing down. You'd see a whole bunch of people coming forward to take the immunity deal because they want to take the immunity deal before somebody rats them out and they get arrested. So that would just throw every foreign intelligence network into complete confusion because the Iranian businessman who was blackmailing the Congress member he wouldn't know if the Congress member had taken the deal and the Congress member wouldn't know if the Iranian businessman had taken the deal. It would melt all of these networks down. Thousands of people would leave the country. Thousands would come forward to take the deal and hundreds would go to jail. And the American public would finally understand how deep the penetration was and we would clean out the Iranian, the Russian, the Chinese, the Cuban, the globalist networks in one fell swoop without firing a darn shot. That's what you could do by applying the same principles used to take down organized crime to the foreign infiltration of America. That is one solution right there. Okay, now I have two sub questions to your solution sub question number one is what if we don't get another conservative president and sub question number two what if we get the conservative president but the conservative president doesn't know who to put him around who to put around him again and hires the wrong people around him to make the decisions <laughs> to try and even get the group when you have globalists and establishment and rhinos and all kind of people within your inner circle. Well, that's the first point is, will we get another conservative president? I think we have a possibility of getting one more. You know, where if we well, what if we don't? Then what do we do? Well, well then, then then we're in trouble. We're in deep trouble. I don't know what we do from that point. Then we have to start doing this from a state level. You know, like uh, Ron DeSantis, for instance, has now formed a statewide alliance to tackle illegal immigration. He has also cracked down heavily in Florida on the influence of Syria, Iran, Russia, China, North Korea, and one other country, Venezuela, I think it is. So he is doing stuff like this. There is huge pressure in the country now to clean out the bad guys. Even Kevin McCarthy is starting to recognize this problem to at least some degree. So I think we're going to be in the situation by 2024, we're on the verge of World War III, where we'll be on the verge of civil war in this country, and the only 
course of action will be to clean out the enemies. Like Poland cleaned out the the Russian agents, they're still doing that in Poland today, like some of the Eastern Bloc countries did that. Uh, like Britain did on the verge, you know, World War Two, like America did in World War Two, I think we'll be in that position where we have to do it, but we have to set the framework now to to alert people to the danger so that they will support the president in doing this kind of thing. I think I think this would be done by either DeSantis or Trump. Some variation of this would be done by either of them. You know, and Trump's got plans for firing 10,000 people the first week in office. I think DeSantis would do the same thing. You know, I think DeSantis has just shot his... DeSantis... DeSantis is not going to get MAGA. He he he's overstepped his boundaries, in my opinion. But well, may may be. But the, the point is, whoever is the next conservative president, whether that's Trump or whoever it is, I think in twenty twenty four, if 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 you can get to be the president, you know, you will know how deeply penetrated this country is, and you will know that just for your own survival. You have to purge the bureaucracy. You know, you, you, Trump knows darn well. If he I know. Him, he yes. has to purge it. He has to purge it. But who so can he just, trust, Trevor? How does he know well, who to trust? He didn't even know who to trust the first time. How do you know? Well, the FBI, CIA, every who's going to have you and Claire Well, you Lopez? can't trust that. That's why I said it's got to be a new agency. You get someone like Peter Navarro or someone who's is okay. beyond, okay. you know, someone who's really trustworthy to yeah. run this operation, you know, like a, a new Thomas Dewey. And what's and to say they won't buy him? Why won't they? You, you, you said they bought everybody. And I, I've had Peter Navarro Look, on the Todd, show. There are, pe- there, are Peter out, there are people out there they cannot buy. Good. You know, there are people out there that cannot buy. And I think the situation is going to be so urgent by that time. Look, you look at Congress. We've got 20 people in Congress now who took who took on Kevin McCarthy. We never had that before because people are now realizing how damn urgent this is. That it's not just a matter of getting position anymore. It's a matter of survival of the nation. So we're going to be in a position in the next two years where it's going to be very plain to millions of Americans that this country could be lost. It already is plain, but it's going to be worse in two years' time, way worse. I hear you. What can we the people do to get involved? Or do we have to wait? Well, you can raise, you can you can get my books. You can raise these issues. You can lobby your Congress members on this. You say why are you serving on a committee with this, 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 and this communist? Do you not know the backgrounds of these people? You're the chairman of this committee. Why do you appoint them to anything? You know, you can do that. You can, but the key thing is, I think for most of us right now to get involved in making sure there is a conservative president in 2024. I hear you. Not just a Republican president, a conservative president. There you go. I think I think that is the number one thing that most of us can do, but you know my my goal is to help with that process, but also to get enough awareness out there with my books and movies 
that so that, that people understand what has to be done when you're in there. And I know that some of these congressmen do read my stuff. I know that my information is used by people in, in various administrations. I do know that. So, but it's not just me. There are other people pushing this, these ideas as well. But by 2024, I'll tell you what, the country is going to be hanging by a thread. It is now, but we're going to be over the cliff, hanging on to a daisy, trying to pull ourselves up. In desperate times, people are willing to entertain solutions that they wouldn't entertain otherwise. If you have enough gumption and enough courage and enough stamina to get yourself elected in 2024, you're going to have enough gumption and stamina to actually do the necessary things it takes to save this country. It's you know, you brought so darn stark. You brought up a very interesting question, Trevor. If the House and Senate knows your book is out there and all these people know they have been identified, are they shaking in their boots or do they not give a damn? Well, I think I think um, I wouldn't say they're shaking in their boots but it makes them think twice about who they associate with. It makes them nervous. It makes them nervous about who they appoint or who they hire or, you know, could this blow up in my face? Could this become a national issue? I think it intimidates them. I think it makes them more cautious and more hesitant. Um, Yeah, I think it has an impact. So, you know, and that will only grow as more people pick up on this kind of thing. You know, I saw a good movie the other night by Mickey Willis, um, you know, the, the the Great Awakening. You know, he's the guy who did Plandemic. And he's just put out an hour and a half movie detailing the, the, the massive growing communism in America. You know, ten, mm. you know, 100 million people might see that movie. You know, Millions of people have seen our movies, Enemies Within the Church and Enemies Within. You, you are seeing a, a, an exponential growth of awareness. You know, we are coming into the, the biggest crisis America's ever seen. Things are going to get a lot worse before they get better. And people, are, it's going to be one of those turning points we're either going to career into destruction after 2024 or we're going to take the necessary steps to start bringing this country back. We're going to be doing one of those two things. It ain't going to be the same, I'll tell you that much. See, that's what's scaring me, Trevor. You, I agree with you. Things are going to get worse. But if they're reading, if they are aware that the books are out there and if they're aware that they're being exposed – they're getting worse. They're, they're putting in worse policies. They're going further left. They're not pulling back like, oh, we better pull this back. It looks like they're, they're going to drive this over the cliff. Okay. So well, they, 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 are, they do pull some things back. You know, they, they do, uh, you know, they've, they're sort of going for broke now, but that makes them expose themselves too sometimes. You know, millions of people know Obama's a communist now. Millions of people um, know about Deb Haaland, things like this. They can't hide things like they used to. They're getting more desperate. They're doing things like 
clamping down on free speech. But that wakes people up too. That causes a reaction. But the, the, the ultimate thing, Gary, is, and you know this as well as I do, that if, if I thought we were living in a purely material universe, I would think the balance of forces are so far against us, we virtually have no chance. But I do not believe we live in a material universe. I believe that God watches Amen. over this country. Amen. But here's, here's the thing. To get out of this horrible situation, we've got to tell the truth loudly. And to tell the truth, that takes a lot of courage. But where does your courage come from if not from your faith? There you go. Telling the truth and being courageous is proof to God that you believe. It is proof. It is not just platitudes. It is not just empty promises. It's actual proof because you're putting yourself on the line. When, you know, the, the, the American Revolution never should have been, never should have been won, ever. But enough people had enough faith in God to be courageous and bold and take on the world's greatest military empire. And God, we got providential help in that revolution. Well, we will get providential help going forward if we tell the truth and if we are courageous. God doesn't help simpering wimps. God helps brave people like David with his little rock and a piece of string, like Gideon's army, the 300 versus the horde. There you go. That's what it comes down to. It comes down to faith and courage. One Elijah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, there's many. One Elijah versus 450 prophets. Well, that's right. It's always been all through the Bible. It's courage. Courage is exalted because courage is proof of faith. Now, in the book of Revelations, there's a a little uh, little passage there talking about all the people who get cast into the pit of hell. There's a list of people. You know, the idolaters, the murderers, whatever. And you know the very first group of people that go to hell? Cowards. The cowards. Now, what does that tell you? Because cowards have no faith. Faith, right. They don't believe in anything. All they have is their sad little life. And they'll lie, and they'll tell any lie or portray anybody to protect it. They're scum because they believe in nothing. Now the opposite is the brave people. Brave people show God they have faith, and God may look at this country and say, "Look at all these brave people. They are honouring me. Maybe I should help them." Well, Trevor, you know, you put a lot out there right now. And I believe, as you know, we've had this discussion. I believe God is going to save this country. He's going to drop a hammer and expose this evil. And I believe, you know, just like you said, you, you have to have courage. But you can't have courage if you don't know God. And to me, my Bible says that that God, all faith comes through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you're born again, you will have the Holy Spirit and you will be able to withstand 
withstand the evil day. And I think the reason a lot of people aren't courageous is because they really don't know Christ. They don't know God. And they're trying to do this on their own device. And, and they're, 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 they're cowering in fear because they don't have the Holy Spirit to sustain them. And I, I think that's well, what you 100% need. right. Look, if, if you have your eye on eternity, what do you fear here? Right. You know, why, why do, you, do you worry about the IRS or the school board or whatever? You know, what's all that's going to matter in a hundred years? You know, yeah. it is what you, it is eternity that matters. And when you have your eye on eternity, you imagine if all our politicians had their eye on eternity rather than the next election cycle. Well, they're proving they don't fear God. Country? Right. And well, yeah, they don't fear God by how they're, by their vote. Well, that's right. But the, this country is not going to be saved by the by our religious leaders. It's not going to be saved by political leaders. It's going to be saved by the grassroots conservatives and the grassroots Christians who propel new leaders forward. That's where it's going to come from. Uh, Trevor, Trevor, I thank you for giving us this time. And I, I just hope people share this because he has given you so much information. Please get his books and his movies. There's a ton of them and he's going to tell you now how to reach him and how to get his uh, product. Yeah. The best way is just go to Trevor Loudon.com. L O U D O N Trevor Loudon.com. My DVDs, my books are all there and you can, by getting them through me rather than Amazon, you can get signed copies if you wish, no extra charge. You just order the books and I'll sign them for you to either yourself or a friend you might want to give us a birthday present or a Christmas present, etc. So yeah, trevorloudon.com is the place to go. And are, do you have any social media outlets that you want to mention where people can connect? Oh, I, I'm on Twitter, Trevor Loudon on Twitter. Um, you know, I've, I've uh, got, uh, you know, Facebook, all the usual things. Um, you know, I've been cancelled on Twitter once or twice, cancelled on Facebook once or twice, but I keep coming back. So you can find me on those things. I don't do Instagram, but I definitely do Twitter and, and Facebook. Trevor, once again, thanks for coming back and spending some more time with us. I really appreciate what you're doing. You're one of the reasons I got into this because when I saw you and Curtis and 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 I knew nothing about communism in 2010, but boy, you're one of the ones that has helped me catch up rather quickly. And uh, it's been a pleasure knowing you, getting to know you, spending time with you. And I do consider you a friend. You always are there for me whenever I need you or have a question. I really appreciate that. God bless you and your bless family. You. Well, it's a pleasure, for, a pleasure being a friend of yours, Gary. And, uh, you know, like uh, your proof, you know, you, you can wake up at any time in your life and it's not when you wake up, it's what you do when you wake up that counts. That's what really counts. And uh, so it's, it's an honor to know you, Gary, and I'm very grateful to be on your show. Thank you very much, Trevor. And I'll say to you, just like uh, Curtis in his movie, do not let them grind you down. Exactly. There you have it, everybody, Mr. Trevor Loudon. I want to thank Trevor Loudon for once again ripping the veil off of supposedly pro-American factions who are working against we the people. The day is going to come when we'll finally figure all of this out, when we'll finally see the proverbial light. I continue to pray that that occurs while we still have time to do something about it.
This podcast is available for download at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Hope you subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. For those hearing us for the first time, we encourage you to check out the podcast archive located on the page. There you can hear previous guests, including Ben Carson, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, Monica Crowley, Tom Holman, Naomi Wolf, Diamond and Silk, Donna Fiducia, Christina Bob, Pastor Jack Hibbs, John Guandolo, Vince Everett Ellison, Claire Lopez, Carol Swain, David Horowitz, Judge Janine Pirro. Well, that's a wrap, friends. Thanks for joining us. So until the next time, this is your host, Gary Benford, saying God bless you, God bless your families, and God bless America. America. 